Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast Tight End Week 1 Edition. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, I want to quickly do a kind of broader look at the entire tight end landscape in terms of who's projected to lead their team in targets, who's looking like more of a number two, number three, number four, what situations do we just want to totally avoid, and then I got some notes on the Week 1 rankings. So another shorter edition, solo edition of these positional previews, just trying to make things a little more digestible for you guys this year, as much as I do love the two to three hours our, you know, game by game previews. I do think in fantasy, sometimes we look at things more through a positional lens. So again, just hoping to make this easier on you guys. And of course, uh, just making it easier to win fantasy football championships. Why the hell else are we here after all? So with that said, let's get after it again. want to quickly kind of go through these target tiers. We'll have a lot more to talk about after week one with some real data in line. But for now, using PFF projections, using the preseason data that we've been talking about, I think that there are five targets, five tight ends with a legit chance to lead their entire offense and targets. So alphabetical order by team. I'm not ranking the guys for the top targets here, but I think Zach Ertz with the Cardinals. We'll see what the, we'll see at the calf injury. Like, yes, this is 100% because DeAndre Hopkins has a six-game suspension from week seven on. I do think that Hopkins will easily lead this team and targets, but it really wasn't a slam dunk last year. And after the Cardinals traded for Zach Ertz, only Mark Andrews had more targets at the position between weeks seven and 18. So Zach Ertz, it's not sexy. I know the best years of his career are behind him. With that said, there's a chance that we're looking up every single week in that box score and seeing the man with between eight and 10 targets. Atlanta Falcons tight end Kyle Pitts already led the Falcons in targets in 2021, only really has Drake London as serious competition to that claim. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey are PFF's top two tight ends in total target projection. Kelsey with 144, Andrews with 128, and accordingly, they are the top two consensus tight ends pretty much anywhere you look. And finally, San Francisco 49ers tight end George Kittle did hurt his groin during Monday's practice, shaping up seemingly as a game-time decision, so keep an eye out on that. But, guys, it's not a given that Debo just leads this offense in targets. If you look at 2021, yes, Debo had 7.1 targets per game. Kittle had 6.4. In 2020, though, Kittle led the way, 7.9 versus 7.3, and he did the same thing in 2019, 7.1 versus 5.5. So, that was before Debo broke out. Could always change. Just a chance to lead their offense and targets. I don't see Kittle like dwarfing Debo and Brandon Ayuk, but if we look up at the end of the year, Kittle's got 115. Debo's at like 112. Ayuk at 100. You know, it wouldn't be all that surprising to me. I think there are eight tight ends who could feasibly be their offense's number two pass game option. Dawson Knox just got paid, extended. He's someone that we've been ramping up a little bit, you know, as the offseason has gone on. And just asking the question, like, what if it's not Gabriel Davis or Isaiah McKenzie? What if it's actually Dawson freaking Knox making an even bigger leap ahead of, I believe, his fourth season? So, and Josh Allen, we trust, even if Knox ends up being the clear three, even number four, this is one of very few offenses that's going to be able to continue to enable him to great heights. So, NFL's reigning third-ranked offense and pass play rate in non-garbage time situations. Like, this is important. We want a tight end 
that's in you know the top two worst case top three pass game options in their offense if there are going to be offenses though where we can make an exception to that it's one like the bills or you know the chargers Chicago Bears tight end Cole Komet also looks a lot like the number two pass game option in Chicago. My question is just how involved Ryan Griffin's going to be. Week three of the preseason, we did see Griffin, you know, really eating into those first team reps. So while I think Komet will be the number two, is he going to be a number two with 115 targets or the number two with like 85 targets? That could be the difference between him being a tight end one or a tight end two. Got to look at Cleveland Browns tight end David Njoku. Obviously, just got paid and behind Amari Cooper. I don't know who else they're going to throw the ball to. Cowboys tight end Dalton Schultz also looking like a number two as long as Michael Gallup is sidelined, which seems to be at least for week one. Detroit Lions tight end TJ Hawkinson. Not a guarantee, but if I put my money where my mouth is, I would think it's a Monroe St. Brown and then Hawkinson ahead of Swift or any of the other wide receivers, especially considering once Jamison Williams, if Jamison Williams comes back, he's going to be making things probably a three-way rotation on the outside or just, you know, completely relegating one of Charker Reynolds to the bench. Got to give Jacksonville Jaguars tight end Evan Ingram uh, some potential love here. Like if you guys are looking for a waiver wire replacement, there's probably higher ranked guys than Evan Ingram out there. Uh, if you have, you know, an Ertz or a Waller. With that said, Ingram is someone where right now he's being ranked usually outside the top 20. If we get the sort of routes and stuff from week one that sure look to be on the table based on his preseason usage, maybe catches a touchdown. Ingram stands out a guy as a guy that could be on every single, you know, cover of the week two waiver wire articles. Darren Waller also looking like a locked in number two in this offense, only behind Devontae Adams. Maybe Hunter Renfro, you know, vies for that. Similar thing with their next guy, Dallas Goddard. Like Waller and Goddard, talented enough, or even if they're a number three, we're still going to be ranking them as tight, upside tight end ones every single week, but they really do have a good option to be the number two as well. Next tight ends really look like more so than offense's number three pass game option, or at least have that opportunity. Texans tight end Brevin Jordan, more of a committee last year, but another one of these guys where the preseason usage is looking good. And if we just get a little bit of regular season confirmation, he'll be on his way up the ranks. Tyler Higby really doesn't come off the field. And yeah, last year they didn't see much of a reason to throw it to him. Why would you when he got Cooper Cup doing his things? But Van Jefferson already ruled out for Thursday night. You know, there are worse streamer options and someone that's not going to leave the field and is playing, you know, in Sean McVay's ever high scoring offense. Guy like Mo Alley Cox with the Indianapolis Colts. I think they'll continue to use Kylan Grayson a lot. Probably see Jelani Woods, you know, more throughout the season as he gets more comfortable. But with Mo Alley Cox really setting some nice route rates in the preseason, if there is going to be a tight end in Indy actually getting, you know, 60, 70 targets, I do think it could be Alley Cox. And maybe just maybe he works as a number three behind Pittman, Pierce, and Maybe he's the guy after that. We'll see how involved Naeem Hines is. Minnesota Vikings tight end Irv Smith will be suiting up this Sunday. And I think he's going to have that same Tyler Higby role I just talked about, guys. Kevin O'Connell coming from the Rams to the Vikings. Irv Smith is only as available as he is because we didn't get to see him in the preseason. Like he was ranked as a top 12 tight end going into August by most sources, but he had the thumb injury. If we see him healthy, guys, and plays 90% routes, he's going to be right back into that Pat Fryermuth, you know, kind of Dawson Knox range at the low end tight end one spear. So Irv Smith is my favorite tight end to pick up this week if you have trouble with Ertz or Knox. And okay, maybe you have like, you're in some weird league where Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz is somehow available even with these injuries. So generally speaking, with among tight ends that are, you know, rostered in fewer than 60% of leagues, Irv Smith would be my pick. Noah Fant does have a chance to be the Seahawks number three pass game option. Similar to Komet, though. It's like, is he going to be the number three and have pretty 
a close number of targets to the top two wide receivers, or is he going to be a number three and have like five more targets than Will freaking Disley, who's number four? I tend to think it's going to be the latter. I am staying away from Noah Fant in formats of all shapes and sizes. Got to look at Tennessee Titans tight end Austin Hooper. They've usually rotated their tight ends, but man, even if they still do and Hooper just is the one, you look at that wide receiver room behind Robert Woods, who... Who's to save and how many targets he gets? Austin Hooper, one of these guys where he could be a number three, but probably a passing game just to generally stay away from for the time being. And finally, Washington Commanders tight end Logan Thomas. Not on the pup list, which is great. Limited in practice with the knee injury. I wouldn't be surprised if they ease him into action a little bit. But once he's ready to go, guys, this is one of the very few tight ends in the league who literally never leaves the field. We could be looking up, you know, halfway through the season. And it's Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, and then Mr. Logan Thomas have a handful of other tight ends that look more like number four pass game options. I'm not going to run through every situation the same way because generally we're not going to want to roster a lot of these guys for right now. But Hayden Hurst with the Bengals taking over CJ Uzama's full-time role seemingly from last year. We want that confirmation for sure though before we really trust him. Albert Owen Denver. He could be streamed here, guys. I mean, look, the problems with Albert O were Greg Dolchich. Well, he's on IR. And then Eric Tomlinson, who was doing some things in preseason with the route usage. Tomlinson got re-signed, but he did get cut initially. Uh, so it's one of those things where they can't love him that much. So with Albert O, again, I think there's probably better options on your waiver wire. But he does stand out as someone who could see that ranking, you know, in a much better position this time next week based on what we see in week one. Keep an eye on Robert Tunyon with the Packers. He is practicing. Not sure if he'll be directly ready to go or just even used to full capacity just yet. Gerald Everett with the Chargers. Deeper, like conversation basically i would not be against you know playing everett over even someone like Irv smith i'd say those are my top two replacement options because everett with the money he got he looks really in line to basically have the same role jared cook had last year which yielded 85 targets for jared cook um shout out matt Harmon, yahoo sports he was talking wide receivers with us earlier this offseason he's now uh taking over for liz loza talking to austin eckler every week and he also got to talk to justin herber and basically unprompted both of the, both these guys are just talking about what gerald Everett can bring to the fold so Gerald Everett I get it I'm telling you right now he's probably the number four pass game option in this offense but similar to Dawson Knox like if we're gonna take a potential complimentary piece it might as well be one from the Bills or Chargers not anticipating Mike Jusicki to be better than number four pass game option same thing with Hunter Henry and John Smith who I think are gonna eat into each other's workload more than ever New York Giants tight end Daniel Bellinger I think could very well have a close to full-time role but still be a number four number five pass game option in this offense and finally Pittsburgh Steelers tight end Pat Fryermuth. I see the talent I don't hate betting on talent sometimes but man guys when we have Pickens Claypool Deontay Johnson Najee Harris and we have Mitch Trubisky being the guy that needs to enable all these pieces I am okay being a little bit lower on Pat Fryermuth for a time being, especially considering there's still a chance that freaking Zach Gentry is going to eat in to the workload. I hope it's not a thing and I can shut the hell up about Zach Gentry from this point forward. I still think it is a potential risk for Fryermuth. And finally, the Panthers, Saints, Jets, and Buccaneers, far too crowded right now to I think have it any sort of exposure to those tight ends. Maybe, just maybe, we see some funky usage enough out of Taysom Hill to start exploring those waters, but that's going to take a bit. So with that said, quickly, my fantasy football tight end rankings. 
these are going to be pretty close to season long at this point. And look, guys, don't get too cute here. Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Waller, they are auto starts regardless of the matchup each and every week. Kittle is the same. Just keep an eye on the groin injury. Obviously, if we find out that he's at severe risk of limited snaps, then we're not going to be lining up to play him. But yes, when Kittle is healthy, he needs to be out there even if there's a fire. And Dalton Schultz is also probably honestly deserving of the auto start treatment for however long Michael Gallup is going to be sidelined. Again, Dak Prescott threw 58 passes this time last year against the Buccaneers. I wouldn't be all that surprised if Schultz, you know, however long Gallup's out, if it's four weeks, we look at that tight end leaderboard and targets after four weeks, Schultz could very well be at the top of it. Looking at Dallas Goddard, again, really think that if we wanted to pinpoint a low-end tight end one, that this time next year we're just going to be like, yeah, that dude's a consensus top five guy. No doubt Dallas Goddard could be that guy, pal. And yeah, so after the top 10 tight ends, I, I think it's like 10 tight ends right now that you can feel really confident starting in order. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, probably Dalton Schultz, and then George Kittle with the uh, injury. I got to update my ranks here. Uh, Dallas Goddard, Dawson Knox, TJ Hawkinson, and Zach Ertz. Those are the 10 I feel really confident about. After them, I have Fryermuth, Njoku, Higby, Irv Smith, Cole Komet, Evan Ingram, Hunter Henry, Albert O, Hayden Hurst. So there's some other guys. I got the rankings there, but just based on the matchup, based on kind of everything we talked about already about the potential targets at hand, if you don't have one of those top 10 tight ends and you're looking for a streamer, I think Gerald Everett, Irv Smith, and probably Albert O actually are your top three options. So in order, I'd probably go jailed Everett over Irv Smith. I know initially I said Irv earlier in the pod, so if you guys just hate me forever, and so be it. But with Gerald Everett looking at this Chargers offense, let's get one week of evidence with Irv Smith. If we have the option between him and Gerald Everett, one week of evidence that Irv Smith is fully back, fully good to go. And if we get it, he's going to be vying for top 12 treatment. So with Irv, I just think that he's a good stash for literally a week because, again, he's going to be on a, a, t- a lot of people will be tweeting about his usage on Sunday. I have a feeling. But with Gerald Everett, again, just really a great pick, I think, to be this year's version of Dawson Knox. You know, that underpriced starter in a great passing game who emerges as a legit fantasy asset thanks to a high touchdown rate on limited targets. Gets that matchup against the Raiders, too. One of the league's worst defenses against tight ends last year. I am loving Gerald Everett this week. And with Alberto, talked again about the usage concerns being heavily mitigated by Greg Dolchich on IR. Also, Eric Tomlinson being someone that maybe doesn't factor quite as much into their plans as we originally thought. So that's going to wrap up this tight end edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Going to be having these positional previews each and every week throughout the season. Questions, comments, concerns about the format, something else you want to hear about. I am all ears. Let me know. These are for you guys trying to cover everything that we can without, you know, just listing my freaking rankings one after another. So anything else you guys are looking for that PFF offers, let me know and we'll make the podcast better together. Why the hell not? Great day to be great after all. So thanks again for tuning in to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody.